Welcome into Coinbase Connection. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined by Tyler and Brooke, as always. Boy, first winners lounge that we've had. How fantastic is this? How how good are the vibes? Feels great. I'm Don't happy to be here. I mean, it's I, I feel like we've had a, a rough go at it, and especially with zero three record in in the um, in the realm of possibilities. And I mean, this feels great. I, I mean, I don't want to like over celebrate a win against Northern Illinois by any means, but I mean, zero and three would have been disastrous. So I mean, avoiding that and looking good as they did, you know, huge win. Vibes are great. Yeah, as I said to start the season or before the season, like these are two games that you have to win, and uh, right now we're one for one on games you have to win. Yes, sir. Perfect. So I mean, just kind of getting right right into the Nebraska Northern Illinois game. I, I kind of went in uh, a little bit um, kind of, you know, uh, pessimistic about it because as, you know, 10 no, favorites. You? I, no way. I mean, the, 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 the vibe for me oh, was so, so worn after seeing yeah. how bad Nebraska looks offensively the first couple of weeks that I'm like, there's no chance that Nebraska looks good enough to really, you know, get me back and get me excited. Um, and I was proven wrong. I was really happy with that game. Um Heisman Harburg, at least that's what the people are calling him, looked very solid. And I think he looked better than I even expected him to. Because um, I've said this whole time, we don't need a quarterback to, you know, make flashy plays and show off the, the Joe Milton cannon or make guys miss like Caleb Williams. You just need somebody to to, to run the offense and get the, the ball out to, to the playmakers at B. So I was just really impressed with him. Um long-term probably not a huge fan of how physical he was but i thought that was really cool to see um it, it seemed like the guys really kind of rallied around him the coaches you know called a, a much better game for him than you know than, than i probably expected him to again it's northern illinois so i don't want to get you know too deep in my my heisman harburg bag but i'm i'm super juiced yeah it almost looked like they uh they script the game plan around the quarterback that they have um so i'm making him do other shit that probably doesn't suit him uh but not to take anything away from harburg he looked great um like i i was telling brooke brooke and i watched the game together and the first drive when he you know put his shoulder down and went through a defender i was like hell yeah i'd love to see that and every time after i'm like all right dude all right hey let's uh chill out a little bit reel it in here yeah (laughs) but it's a great game um defense still looks great um obviously with the the national rankings for defense and stuff were up there. Uh, what are we f- second on yards, or I guess first in yards per second rushing. rushing defense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we look great there. Um, that didn't change, um, but again, as Brandon said, it is against NIU. Um, not a horrible team, but not a not the best that uh, the league has. No, that number is for all three games. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying uh, we kept that going against NIU. Not the best of teams, but. Still, still a decent team. Um, I want to start this off by saying Jeff Sims, to me, is still the guy. Harburg looks great. But like what Tyler was saying, the, the game plan for him was way better than the game plan built for Sims in the first two games. So... And yes, I get he's younger and he's never played major college football, so they did baby him a lot more than they would Sims. But if we're going to play to Harburg's strengths, why would we not play to Sims's 
you know, giving him one, two reads and then, I don't know, just weird to me. Yeah, and give or take, uh, I think three or four here. I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but they're really comparable as far as how many carries Harburg got last uh, against Saturday, Saturday compared to the first two weeks for Jeff Sims against Minnesota and Colorado. And uh, we we're talking about before the show, I, you didn't bring Jeff Sims in here because he's Joe Milton. You, you bring him in here because he's a very great athlete. He's experienced and he can, you know, he certainly has a cannon. Um, but you, you, you bring him in here to kind of run this physical offense, take care of the football, get the ball to, to the playmakers. And I, I've, I've been, I was very surprised to see how many rushes Harburg had compared to Jeff Sims the first two weeks. Yeah. And, and I was talking to Brooke about this. They must feel at least good about where Jeff Sims is at to have Harburg running around like that. Cause if he does get injured, especially leading with your throwing shoulder is kind of wild. Um, as Brooke pointed out to me during the game. Um, but I guess I'll just get into it. I mean, I had a tweet during the game or after the game. Um, the play calling looks weird. Uh, not weird. I guess just it looked like night and day play calling between Jeff Sims and Harburg. Um, they were really play, calling the plays to Harburg's strengths when they weren't really doing that for Jeff Sims. Uh, he is a, a a good passer. I think he has the ability to to go out there and put up numbies that way. Um, but as you pointed out, he is a great athlete. Uh, I I would say he's up there for um, running quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, and the fact that he has gotten the same amount of runs in the first two weeks as Harbor got in one game is kind of crazy to me. Um, Brooke mentioned like, oh, pro reads, you know, you're, you're reading the, the defense. Okay, you throw that out there first week. Um, maybe Jeff Sims isn't picking up on the reads. Then change the change the game plan. I don't understand how you go out there and try to implement it two weeks in a row against really solid teams and it's not working. Why would you not change the game plan? Um, so I, I, you know, I fired off a tweet about it, you know, in my conspiracy bubble here. Um Satterfield is calling the plays for the guy that he wants in there and not uh, Jeff Sims, which somebody pointed out to me that would be a crazy thing to do. Um, and he mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, he was in the room for the, the quarterback process, you know, picking the quarterback. Um, but to that, I say Matt Rule brought him over here for a reason. If you sit there and tell Matt Rule no. He's just going to laugh you out of the room and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm playing Jeff Sims. And I do think Jeff Sims is the guy. Um, but the play calling has to be a little bit better for him, I think. And not, not taking anything away from Harbor because he did play a great game, um, except for that one fumble where Nebraska fans thought, thought the sky was falling down again, um, even though that was a, a tough play for Harbor. That's – that fumble is 1 million percent on the offensive line because it was a play action and like he was immediately throwing a quick slant and yeah. he got hit as he was throwing like yeah yeah i don't I put mean, that on him at that's, all that's so, not a whole lot he could have done differently yeah yeah that felt like yeah. more of a takeaway than than a than a turnover where yeah, i feel like sure. you know under the previous quarterback um, there was a lot of poor decisions and really sure. bad execution. Where yeah, that 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 fumble, I yeah, that's not not on Har- Heisman Harburg for sure at all. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and and say that oh Jeff Sims is clearly the best quarterback for this team, 
but there are a lot of things that I saw uh, that didn't look the same for both quarterbacks. Um, but I'll hop off my soapbox and uh, I'll hang up and listen and uh, just ask you guys one question. Do you think the play calling was different or do you think Harburg was the difference? It was absolutely different. And if you thought it was the same, I feel like you probably weren't watching the same game as everybody else. Um, Harburg did the best with what was given to him and he went out there and he, I mean, other than the one early turnover, he, he looked the part. He didn't throw any picks. Um, his receivers actually didn't help him out, dropped a few. And uh, he ran the ball when he was supposed to. He did his job, and that's all he did. When they, when I was looking at the stat of ranking Big Ten quarterbacks, he literally fell right at seven right there in the middle. So, I mean, while it was impressive that he didn't turn the ball over for us and helped us get a 20-point win, it was still pretty standard play, not anything special, I thought. Agreed. I, I definitely don't think he has a very high ceiling at all, um, despite me. Uh, I, I changed my um, key, keyboard settings, so whenever I type, start to type har, it uh, comes up as Heisman Harburg. So with that aside, I don't think the ceiling is very high, but I think – you kind of have to sit back and like reevaluate expectations here. We're three games into the season. The Big Ten West looks somehow even worse than you know, kind of expected going into it. And I think, yeah, Jeff Sims has a higher ceiling. If if you're really if you have really high aspirations as far as like winning a Big Ten championship, you need a, a good quarterback to kind of come in and, and make some big plays, you know, in some of those bigger games. But I'm looking at it like I, we don't need that. We just need somebody, like Brooks said, to do their job and to go out there, take care of the football, lay the wood every now and again with the, the shoulder. I'd rather be his left shoulder than his right shoulder. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. But I think that, that that's where I'm looking at, you know, quarterback-wise. The, the ceiling's definitely higher with Jeff Sims. But, and, and again, it's they play different competition, so I don't want to jump off a, the, the Jeff Sims bandwagon so early and so aggressively. But – that we, we've also seen a really low floor with, with Jeff Sims. Something that is so disgusting to me, like off of what Brandon said, like looking at the Big Ten West, is imagine we don't have the two turnovers late against Minnesota and we win that game 10-3 like we probably should have. Imagine being 1-0 and with how bad the Big Ten West looks right now with having the tiebreaker over Minnesota Minnesota being 1-0 right now in the Big Ten West is probably the favorite right now just because Wisconsin looks bad, Iowa looks bad, Illinois looks really bad. I mean, who's left? I mean, it's crazy because I still think even at 0-1, I, I, I don't think that we're yeah, that we're, far we're definitely not out of it, but... Yeah, that would have been mean, a huge one to get. And we were, I was in my mind, like, I thought we had a chance to beat Iowa. I was chalking the Wisconsin game up as a for sure loss. And now looking at that game, if we get some stuff figured out, Wisconsin does not look unbeatable to me. And then you also look at yep. Michigan State now. They don't have a coach. That game looks a whole lot more winnable. So, I mean, that's two wins that I probably thought realistically we're, we're, we're closer to losses than wins. And I'm like, that's, you know, those are toss-ups, I think. Min or Maryland looks like our tough toughest or outside yeah. of Michigan, obviously. Maryland down the stretch looks like our toughest game. And I think that's why you gotta go with the guy who has the higher floor. I, I think 
and I and maybe as the season progresses, I mean we have players dropping like flies. Evidently, you do need to tap into that playmaking ability. But Jeff Sim, so I'm not you know totally against the thought of you know ruling him out as a as an option and keeping him involved in the offense. But I think that's kind of got to be the, the the focus going forward. Is if Jeff Sims can't take care of the football and he's making these egregious turnovers, he can't play here. I, I think, I think ultimately, what starting Harburg against Northern Illinois did is, I hope it wakes up Sims a little bit to the fact of, all right, I can't go out here and, you know. Even if, like, I fumble the snap, I have to just jump on it, just not turn the ball over with how good my defense is. Is just give my team a chance to win. Don't throw picks. Take the throws that are there. I mean, Harburg ran the ball 21 times for 100 yards. And Sims is, a like, as of right now, is a better athlete and a faster runner. So... If you give Sims 20 carries in the situation that Harburg does, he probably has 150 yards. And, like, I think he's a little bit ahead of Harburg as a thrower. Just the play calling, Tyler knows how I feel about that. They, they're giving him some real, like, some tough reads that I don't know matches his skill set. But if, if we go forward with the play calling like it was against Northern Illinois with Sims, I think we're going to be in a good spot. And I think it's hard because um, it did seem like we went down the field a lot more than we have with Jeff Sims, but it's it's hard to say that because you don't get to see what's going on downfield um, and a lot of the broadcasts, right? Um, but it seemed like we were going down the field a little bit more, you know, making that defense back off a little bit, knowing that we have the ability or have the the urge to go downfield. So it makes a lot of the underneath passes open up. So I think that's one part of our game plan that has been missing is everybody's within 10, 12 yards of line of scrimmage. So even when you do run it, like you're not getting too much unless you make a couple guys miss. So it's just things like that that really bother me. Outside of the one trick play against Minnesota, like you said, we didn't go downfield once with Sims. So – it's Which is so arguably much, might be his strong suit. It absolutely is. He throws a beautiful deep ball. And if you saw him play at Georgia Tech at all, I think as a thrower, that's probably what he did most. And it is way harder to throw, you know, intermediate passes with all 11 guys in a 15-yard, you know, box. So I'm hoping Satterfield – can figure it out a little bit with Sims because as bad as Sims has been, he needs to own up to, you know, some of those mistakes. I think 30, 40% of that can be put on Satterfield too. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, not I don't to, think Satterfield has been very good by any means, but we just, no. he just hasn't gotten the heat because of how bad Jeff has looked. He's been horrible up to the Northern Illinois game. He, the game plan for that game was great. And they're a group of five team. Like, why can we not have a game plan like that against Minnesota or Colorado? It was just, it was just bad. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, with Jeff Sims, obviously um, turnovers are a fixable mistake in most aspects of the game. Um, I think there was a lot more going on in the Colorado game than maybe we think um, in terms of like different coverages that he was afraid of, not afraid, but thinking about when taking the snap, which doesn't make it okay, 
but I think there was more going on there with that game because I think that game was way worse um, than it was with Minnesota. Obviously, he had, what, two or three interceptions in that game. But I think it all... You can tell Sims has a lot more to process than Harburg did against yes. Northern Illinois. Yeah. And that's what, if it is Sims against Louisiana Tech, that's what I would like to see it look more like is don't give him so much to process and let him be the athlete he is yeah. and make him a little more confident in himself. But And let him find his damn feet. Like You can't just throw a guy out in the middle of the ocean and expect him to do everything that you want him to do. I mean, uh, I mean I, he's a... He's been playing football at a high level for a while. So you you expect him to be able to make those reads, but give him a chance to find his feet at a new program with new players. Like give him a shot to succeed instead of just saying, this is what we want to do. Do it or you're benched. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I definitely think the brightest timeline for this Husker season is this is a get right game for Jeff. Because, like I said, I think he's got the higher ceiling. I think he's got the, the better playmaking ability. And if he can kind of use this game to, to slow things down, get him in a groove, get him some confidence, I, I think that's definitely the, the, the most winning formula for, for Nebraska as far as if they do want to compete for that Big Ten West, which is insane to think about with how bad that they've looked the first two games. That It's still very much on the table. And I and I do got to give Jeff you know a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Going on the road, new program two power five teams, Minnesota doesn't make it easy and Colorado. I mean, everything that comes with, with that game and the rivalry and the coach prime phenomenon like that, that's not an easy draw at all. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of a pass there, but I truly I mean, I, believe if we started not to cut you off, I apologize no, go for it, but I truly believe if we had these two games to start the season, we're talking about Jeff Heisman for uh, potential Heisman because I think he puts up those numbers against those two granted worse opponents than anybody that that we've played so far but just getting his feet wet getting him going i think is a big thing that we've been missing absolutely and not to focus too much on the quarterbacks um billy kemp this week made a comment saying i'm ready to carry the ball if they ask me to and i immediately texted tyler i said how about catching the balls thrown at you? Yeah, first catch the damn ball else? first. Yeah. I mean, good lord. I get he wants to help the team and you know probably thinks of himself as a leader. But if you think you're one of those guys, there was a you know a crossing route at the line of scrimmage he dropped, and then Harburg put one on his face mask on a deep corner route. Again, that's a drop. Yeah. It's it's like if you're one of the older guys, you cannot be doing that with how short the receiver room is and how about billy kemp just not being on the field for the first play of the game and having bad. to earn a timeout like that was really bad that's a bad mental mistake yeah. i also got to add real quick before we move on for, from the quarterback room speaking of quarterbacks who could potentially be nebraska quarterbacks did you see what casey thompson posted yes he that said that he about texas too i think everybody's kind of Hanging on the, oh, he said Nebraska, but nobody realizes that he also said Texas. Um, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just interesting because it does kind of lend a little light to maybe what those conversations were like when we talked about, you know, Matt Rule bringing in Jeff Sims as, as his guy. And that's just the nature of the beast of Power 5 football. Like, he wasn't getting it done at Texas. 
So they probably told him he wasn't going to be the guy and he transferred is what that tells me. And that's probably what happened at Nebraska too. It's, you know, new coach. They're looking at Casey's game tape from last year. And if he didn't have Trey Palmer to bail him out as much as he did, I don't think Casey's numbers would even look okay. So that's why they brought in Sims. And that's why rule probably told him, Hey, we're, we're leaning this way. And then he transferred. And you also have to look at the the offense that we've been running. Like we're a run heavy offense. You want the quarterback to be able to run the ball. Casey does not run the ball. Yeah. He's a great passer, but you need somebody else to be able to run the ball back there. He just doesn't fit the play style. No. It just okay, looks, I, and that's all yeah. it is. Yeah, and I, I, I think the only bit of you know skepticism that comes with that is, well, yeah, Texas replaced him with Quinn Ewers. We replaced him with Jeff Sims. So I, I think the quality yeah. that, that that you go there, but you know, I also I, that I, comment that was made to him. What a loser! What a dumbass comment! You quite on every team. Why don't you go? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, stupid. that. That bugged me so much. That just, that's, you know, to that guy, like, that guy's a casual. Like, he doesn't know ball. And I don't think Casey should even think a second about what that guy said. So No. It is pretty crazy for a casual to be in the comments of a Florida Atlantic quarterback. Oh, I think he's like a casual Nebraska fan that saw his post and he's like, yeah. oh, you quit on this team or even a Texas fan. Yeah. Oh, you left and you just, you know, you quit. Like, whatever, dude. Grow up. I, I did think that the whole Casey Thompson injury is very heartbreaking and that is very sad. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know. You don't wish that on anyone. And yeah, especially someone who was as classy and carried himself the right way. And, you know, he had some good moments at Nebraska. Just it didn't work out. And yeah. That's okay. We need to let it go. Yeah, I'll never let it go. Um, I miss him. But, you know, maybe Jeffsons can turn that around. But nonetheless, but as you mentioned, a lot of other players on the field that uh, play football other than quarterback. You mentioned Billy Kemp disappointing. Maybe that's why he wants to take carries because he knows he can't catch the football anymore. Um, another one that, that kind of caught my attention, I still a little bit of the drops, but, you know, still it seems like he's getting better week by week is Thomas Fedoni. Back-to-back weeks where he scores a touchdown. How are you guys feeling about him? He, I love that he shushed the crowd because people in the state of Nebraska, like Nebraska is the big show here, and mm-hmm. people are very hard on Nebraska when they lose. And for a kid that battled injuries and, you know, wasn't where he wanted to be and there's people talking about him all the time, for him telling him to shut the fuck up when he scored, I love that. Big fan. Also a big fan. Yeah, and it's, you know, certainly when he committed to Nebraska, you would have hoped that by this point he would have had more production. But like you said, injuries, the whole program's a lot worse off than than I would have expected, you know, at that time. But I, I see a lot of progress with him. Again, a little bit of the drops here and there, but he looks like the real deal. He looks like everything that we could have hoped for. You know, I just hope that he stays healthy and, and he can kind of keep keep getting better. Absolutely. I mean, and was it, he was out all last year with a torn ACL, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is his de facto freshman season. Yeah. So, I mean, people need to give him time to, you know, acclimate to playing college football and playing with better athletes and against better athletes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And people don't realize that it's, there's more to football than just running your routes as an offensive player. Like, 
there's something to be said about being able to get open instead of just running your routes and being open. Like being like Travis Kelsey, I I <laughs> I hate the Chiefs, but Travis Kelsey is a damn good tight end. Like he's the best in the league, obviously, and probably maybe even the best ever to play the tight end position. And he runs it. He, I would say he hardly ever runs his routes because he knows where to sit down to be open. I think that's a big part of the game plan that we're missing out on with our inexperience in the, the wide receiver room and our tight end room. So just learning that aspect of the game is way, way more important to me than just being able to run a route. Yeah. And that's why, you know, to me, it's crazy that Marcus Washington doesn't get more targets and we don't get him involved. Like, I think he has what, like eight or nine catches on the year and we've only thrown to him like 10 or 11 times. He's, I think he's a really good player and our, our wide receiver room is thin, but we do, we need to stop running the ball in these power heavy looks against nine in the box. We need to throw the ball deep to open it up a little bit. And if Anthony Grant can look like how he did um, sporadically last year and not turn the ball over, I think we're going to have a pretty damn good offense. So, Yeah, and I don't – and I could be wrong about this, but I don't really feel like Washington played too much week one. Am I wrong? He, I think he did. We just – we didn't target it. Yeah, it wasn't very involved okay. if he did. Okay, I, I just don't really remember seeing him even on the field, but – that was also during my bachelor party, I think they so probably, I don't really remember much. Well, the thing is you remember rotating nothing. guys right there. Yeah. They're big um, on rotating guys, but... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one of the interceptions in the half. Yeah, I remember, I remember the Anthony Grant fumble. I remember that fantastic catch that the Minnesota wide receiver made. <sighs> um, That's about it, I think. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the game. Oh, I remember the... The bounce pass, Jeff Sims for a touchdown. That was sick. That yeah. was pretty sick. I only just do that every time. Yeah, run the touchdown play. Yeah, run the touchdown play. Are you guys <laughs> very concerned about the offensive line? They've, to me, they, they haven't looked as good as, as I expect by any means. I was telling Brooke during the game, I was like, they look so much better than last year, but they're still not good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think once Teddy comes back, I don't even want to attempt to say his yeah. last name. Uh, I, think I think that is going to make a big no difference. Start yeah, absolutely. I think the two problem children right now are Ben Hart and Corcoran. And I hope they can figure it out. If not, we got to get Teddy in there. Um, obviously, he played really well when he was healthy. But, you know, if you're not available, it's, you know, how good are uh, you? He's, he's practicing. He's back. Um, should be, but he might even be back this week. I don't, they keep um, saying how close he is, how close he is. So you know, it's a matter it's of time just, before he actually plays. NIU is the best defensive line we've seen to this point in my eyes, and may or you could argue maybe Minnesota. And our offense looked, our offensive line looked better against Minnesota, but we're going to be seeing Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa with some guys that with some NFL talent. I don't know about the teams in between maybe Maryland or Michigan State has a guy or two. We we need to be better on the offensive line. We already have improved like I said from last year, but 
if if we want to win six games, we need more yeah. from them. And that's another one of those positions that like takes time to get going throughout the season because of all the rules now. Right. Like you hear it a lot in the NFL. Like it's hard to be ready week one as a as a lineman, as an offensive lineman, because you don't really get too much action um leading up to the season. So I do think that they're gonna come together better than they are before. Do I think they're gonna be a great offensive line? No, but I do think that they're going to end up being serviceable enough for us to win games with them. Yeah, I hope it's just a, a cohesion issue as opposed to like a, a talent or a strength or a speed issue because I, I definitely saw a lot of like promise like through the what, what they were doing in the offseason with them and it just hasn't come together. And I hope that, you know, like you said, it's just about getting live reps and yeah. we're comparing them to offensive lines who get, you know, cupcake games to start off their, their season not going on the road back-to-back games against power five teams. Yeah, I, I believe it's going to come around pretty soon. Well, perfect. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, we have our updated rankings. I mean, not a whole lot has changed here. Um, but And I probably should have asked this question when we started doing this segment and, and putting out our own rankings. But when, when you guys are putting together your rankings, what are you ranking? Are these supposed to be like what it's going to look like at the end of the year? Is this a snapshot where we're at now is this, you know, just kind of the whole picture um, kind of factoring in who they brought back and last season success. What would you look for? For me, it's uh game by game. I mean, Florida state was so close to being in my top 10 kind of put sure. up a stinker against uh, BC. Sure. I just couldn't find it in my heart to put them in my top 10. It was a really tough decision. Uh, took me, you know, sleepless nights thinking about them and putting them in my top 10. Just couldn't do it this week, unfortunately. I mean, Tyler is the long John Silvers. <laughs> On by a thread, delusional. Oh, we still get customers. <laughs> that might be the meanest thing you've ever said to me in, in your life. That, that is a crazy comparison. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, who keeps Long John Silver's in business? Tyler. People like Tyler. Sometimes you need some fried fish, dude. They do what they Gross. do well. Fast food, <laughs> fried fish. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. I mean, as somebody who fancies a good old cast station hot dog, I, I, I don't think I can trash on fried fried fast food. <laughs> That's right. In fish form. Tyler's a big glizzy guy. Oh, man. Like, I'll... I almost prefer going to a gas station at like 2 a.m. as opposed to like going to a grill out for a hot dog. I, I need my hot dogs gritty. <laughs> that is a wild thing to say. There, there was one time where the guy talked me out of it. He's like, dude, those have been out there for a while. I'm like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> He's like, please don't. I'm like, well, you don't have to charge me for them, but I'm not leaving without these hot dogs. <laughs> You're a sick bastard for that one. It turned out fine. You know, that's how we build the immune system. We got to have a gritty meal. I like it. But anyway, so it, that's kind of how well, when I do my rankings, it's more of a snapshot of, of where I think this team is now and probably more of like a ceiling, like where if Florida State plays their best, where are they at? If you know USC plays their best, where are they at? And obviously you factor in the floor a little bit, but I think that that's kind of what I take into to consideration more than anything is – when they're humming, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any team this year that can beat the Florida State team that rolled LSU. 
Yeah. And maybe Georgia's there, maybe Michigan's there, and they just haven't hit fifth gear yet. But I've seen Florida State's fifth gear, and it's awesome. And what I want like people to remember is in college football, and especially with 18 to like 23-year-old kids, there are letdown spots. And the teams who survive those letdown spots, you know, when you don't have your best game, Florida State was without four starters. They turned the ball over, looked, played sloppy. But all that matters at the end of the day is that you get the win in those games that you're not at your best, I feel like. Yeah, I think we've gotten so accustomed to seeing like that S tier in college football really just blow the doors off of everybody that they play. And I was going to drop Florida State down. I was like, well, you can't just beat Boston College by three. And also, real quick side note about that game. I hated watching that because their colors are the same. And <laughs> and uh, I think Boston College was even wearing gold on the at home. It was the red. It's the it's the red bandana game. game. Yeah, what a disaster. It's, it's like something with I think it's something with 9/11 that honors like the firefighters or something like that. And Boston College, I feel like every year gets up for that game and Florida State just does not want to be there. Man, I wish I would have known it had such somber ties before I started on a I hate this rant. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> it is what it is. But I I hate I, I had no idea who who was who. And they didn't I mean, play much different either. So I it, just wanted on the record, I do hate terrorism as well. I know there Ty, you go. Tyler probably supports it, but oh, don't I'm, you put that on me, you son of a bitch. Well, you didn't say you hated it, so unless it's in Iowa I'm, City, whatever, there's no dude. place for terrorism here in this country. <laughs> Agree, I support that. <laughs> All right, took you a while to get there, but I'm glad you, you know you don't like terrorism. My God, real hard take there. But like I said, I was going to draw Florida State down. But then I thought last year, uh, I was looking at the rankings and how things progressed throughout the season. And Georgia, they beat Missouri by four. Uh, and they were dropped from one to two. And we know how the rest of the season played out. Georgia was still by far the best team in the country. You know, that demotion was certainly uh, an overreaction. And I think that's kind of what, what we're looking at here is, and I, I think when you look back, like even five or six years ago, you'd see teams like Ohio state stumble and, and get, you know, beat up by Indiana or Purdue or these lesser teams, but then they figure out how to win these football games. And that translates to when you're playing those bigger games, you figure out how to win those games where you don't quite get that when you're blowing the doors off of everybody every year or every week. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about uh, being able to step in the face of adversity and still come out on top. Um, but my hatred for Florida State is too strong, um, and they couldn't break the top ten, unfortunately. It's crazy that you hate Florida State more than you hate terrorism, is all I'm going to say. That's my big takeaway. Yeah, whatever you say, dude. <laughs> you know, paint me in this box. Well... I'm just using your words, what you're mm, saying. I see, I see. So as I'm looking here, kind of the big takeaway here is that from, from, from our rankings, like our, our composite rankings, Alabama's out of the top 10 for the first time this season, and Oregon is in the top 10 this season. Um, Alabama, they're not in mine. I don't think any of us had Alabama in our top 10. Do you really think that they're that bad? I don't think they're good. I truly believe there's a chance that they lose this weekend to Ole Miss. They got to get that quarterback situation straightened out. 
being tied with USF 3-3 for most of that game is pretty atrocious, if you ask me. Yeah, their offense just does not look good. Uh, they have a, a stellar defense, I'd say, but their offense is not keeping up with their defense. They're not the same Alabama that they once were. Um, I'm sure I'll be eating those words uh, at some point in the season when they're back in the playoff because, of course, they will be. Um, but right now they don't look great. Yeah, my, I want to throw a guarantee right now on the fact that Alabama will not be in the playoff. Ooh. I'll get you know, I, yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, they definitely don't look as good. And my three big takeaways from, from that game is, first of all, Nick Saban's never going on the road and on conference again. Um, I, it's crazy that he went to South Florida. And then, you know, even going to Austin last year was, was very out of character for him. And that almost turned out pretty bad. Um, I also think it goes to show that you don't need a great quarterback, i.e. Stenson Bennett winning back-to-back national championships, but you can't have a bad quarterback. And I, I have a theory, and, I, and I've heard this thrown around. Um, I think Joel Klatt threw it out where it seemed like against South Florida, he threw out the other two quarterbacks and see, do either of them have anything? Because I've, I've seen what Jalen or what's a, what, what Milrow can do. Um, but do either of these guys have anything? No. Okay. We'll probably go back to Milrow here moving forward. And I don't think he's bad, but I also don't know if they have the high end talent um, around him. And then my third takeaway is how much assistant coaches matter. Cause I think when they were at their peak in their heyday and just rolling through the, through the entire country, they had guys like Jimbo Fisher, not, not, not Jimbo Fisher, um, Kirby smart on his team and Mel Tucker, what, what was on that staff and just a lot of really talented assistant coaches, Bill O'Brien there for a couple of years, Steve Sharkeesian for a couple of years, Lane Kiffin for a couple of years, like just re- actually really good head coaches minus the Mel Tucker part. But I mean, I don't know if he has any of that now. And I think that that's the biggest drop off as far as production. Cause when you have those guys, it can elevate everybody else. So even if you have, you know, um, a quarterback, not, I, I guess they haven't really had a bad quarterback recently, but uh, nonetheless, I, I think that that's a, a huge downgrade. And I think we're seeing that kind of unfold in front of us. Well, you don't like the Bill O'Brien pickup. I like Bill O'Brien. Well, he's the OC, right? At, no, uh, now the, uh, oh no, he went back to the Patriots. I wasn't he there last year though. Yeah, yeah. Now they got the guy from Notre Dame. Yes, that's right. A hand up, Tommy Reese. Yeah, that's on me. Hand up. I got nervous. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. In college, um, I feel as though, well, at both levels it makes a difference. But in college, I think even more so, they're able to scheme around the guys that they have and their strengths and their weaknesses don't show up as much. If you have the talent around them. Um, I just think offensively, they're not there like they were the past 20 years. Like I don't, they listen sometimes with four and five star guys every now and then some of them don't pan out the way you thought they would. I mean, look at Nebraska. (laughs) And that's that's the thing, I think, with them right now is they do have some good wide receivers. They do have a good O-line. But running back and quarterback right now, I think they're very average. And when you have an average quarterback, it 
it's hard it's hard to win in spite of your quarterback. Like quarterbacks can make up for a lot, but when you have a guy who can't put the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there, it's it's going to make your offense look a lot worse than it really is. No good deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you, and I think Oregon's a really good fit to to replace them in our rankings. They've looked nothing but absolutely spectacular. Well, perfect, fellas. Well, that's about all I I had. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we we wrap up for the day? Um, I just love you guys, and uh, go big red. Go yes, big sir. Red. Thank you.